Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Your Financial Mission. I'm Mark Kaywood alongside your Janine Theus. She's your financial commander, serving you in Columbia with an office in Howard County. Find her online, as always, at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. That's TheusWealthAdvisors.com. Janine, welcome back to the podcast. How was your Christmas celebration? I know it's kind of winding down, but the new year is just around the corner. A few more hours, days at this point. How was it all and what are you looking forward to in 2018? Well, it was uh, a very enjoyable Christmas because all of my uh, my little falcons, they're not little anymore, but all <laughs> the kids were home. So uh, it, it's just great getting together. And, and when you have adult children, the conversations get more complex. And uh, since uh, one of my kids has started a business, it's just great to get together and share the information and discuss how you know certain things work and what they're doing and because it took me forever to figure out how they were doing what they do because he's in social media marketing (laughs) you're having to play catch up now yeah exactly so but it was great for the other siblings to hear as well because one of the things we're going to talk about here is you know using the internet and the technology that's being created across the internet is huge and so how does that work? And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah, same for me. I actually picked up a little bit of a cold along the way and all the excitement. So yeah, your clients are going to have to bear with me today if I sound a <laughs> no little worries. under the weather. Hopefully I'll be back to normal for the next podcast. But you're right. Talking about uh, just talking about how the Internet is changing business. It's changing the way that we invest. And as we look to the new year now looking ahead, which really it, it is the new year. It's I mean, it's here. It's time. As we look to 2018, online investing is only going to become more and more of a thing. And so kind of talking a little bit about 2018, I want to talk about the cryptocurrency game. And before we even really dive into that, can you explain to us what that is? I know a lot of people might have heard the term Bitcoin floating around out there, but if you're like me and you're kind of you know stuck in the 90s with investing, or even if you're kind of up to speed, I mean, this is a new sort of type of investment. Well, it's extremely speculative, and that's the first thing you have to talk about. So first, let's back up and say, what is money? Uh, right, exactly. Uh, be- yeah, because money, we all agree now, uh, money is kind of an imaginary concept now. It's not pegged to gold any longer. But we all agree that this piece of paper with a 10 on it is worth $10 because that's our form of currency. But it's a recognized currency. And so, you know, we have 10 ones, two fives, however we put it all together, it's worth $10 of stuff. And that's the value. Bitcoin isn't like that. 
and we pretend it has values. Now, we could, you know, if you live in another country, North Korea, where, you know, Venezuela, forms of trading or barter could be a bag of rice that you're putting a value on. Sure. And now I need three bags of rice to equal X. You know, during World War II, in the POW camps, cigarettes were a form of currency. So we've all agreed that these pieces of paper that a lot of people call it's fiat money, you know, is worth something and it's regulated. Bitcoin is not regulated at all. So that, you know, hence the volatile nature of it. But we pretend or we all agree it has some kind of value. So why would you want to go to something like that? Well, it's not tied to any government or political system or even a banking system with all their inherent failures, like what happened in 2008. So all it needs is for people to believe in its value. And some people are now having a little bit of a crisis of faith in the value. It mimics real world resources like gold, but obviously it's only online. So the cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin or a, there are a few other cryptocurrencies, it just means it's encrypted in a way that prevents it from being copied. So every Bitcoin operation is recorded using a blockchain transaction and that information acts like a ledger and it's recorded on the Bitcoin itself so that everybody knows that this coin has um, was just spent. So it prevents people from spending the same Bitcoin more than once. So what it really boils down to, it's an internet address. It's an algorithm. So I, I'm kind of laughing as I was doing some research and reading up and talking to people about this because just recently, I think they caught this guy that was uh, selling Bitcoin and <laughs> he was selling, I don't know, he scammed people out of a couple million dollars. He was using Chuck E. Cheese coins. <laughs> so, so Brilliant. Thinking, did you not look at the coin because it has a mouse on it? So, <laughs> which is really unfortunate, but every picture they show about Bitcoin is a gold coin. Right. So, exactly. you know, you're that's an interesting connection that they're making. So people think, oh, there's an actual I mean, it's real easy if you're not paying attention to think that there's an actual tangible thing here. Right. And it's not at all. So it's all electronic. So you can exchange them for goods or services or you can mine them. You can. And, uh, wait, 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 wait. Let's back up here. You can mine them. Yes. So it's not like prospectors of gold you know, of old. You're not digging you know. in the backyard. That's right, right. But you're using computers, powerful computers. So for example, I have a colleague um, in another state who has a client who's an engineer who basically took a $400 server and created a $400,000 money machine because the way he set the server up, he was mining transactions. So what does that do? You have to, all these transactions have to go through a server. So if you're the miner, you're keeping track of all the transactions of the specific Bitcoin. So you get a fractional share. You get paid. So he created this big money machine by mining. But here's the, I don't know if it's a drawback. The more people mine Bitcoins, the less Bitcoin there are to be found, which is interesting. So, you know, instead of working with a pickaxe, you're attempting to solve math problems. That's really what it is. It's math problems, algorithms with a computer. So... X plus Y equals 15. So now you're solving for the X and you're solving for the Y. Right. I actually read a story recently myself about someone who did the same thing, trying to mine for these Bitcoins. And the guy apparently made a fortune, but he lost the server 
that he had done that on. I don't know how you lose a server worth millions of dollars, but he lost it. And this guy and his girlfriend, I read, went digging through the landfill, through the garbage, through the dump, to try to find the server because apparently it had something like $80 million worth of Bitcoin on it. It's just incredible <laughs> to me. I don't know how you lose that server because a server is a physical thing. Well, the uh, <laughs> he, he, he had done it on a... Like on a hard drive, on a smaller, I'm not talking a big room in a building. I'm talking more, right. you know, personal sized hard drive. But yeah, it, well, same thing. I, I was sitting there thinking, if you thought it might be worth something, I, I mean, this was five or six years ago. But even if then, if you thought this could be worth something in a few years, that's why you're doing it. Why would you let it get thrown away? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd put a big <clears throat> sticker on it or something. This one is important. I this, have to keep this one. That's right. That's right. You know. Um, oh, man. But it, but it is. It's so interesting yes. that we've come to this currency. And yes, you can buy things. And um, actually, my son-in-law has his brother has some crypto. And I'm not sure how this is going to work out because apparently his Bitcoin is on a server in China. And I don't think he's going to China to to <laughs> redeem his Bitcoin because there are no regulators. And so, because there are no regulators, the the price fluctuates wildly. And some people are even worried that it looks a little bit like a Ponzi scheme. So let's just talk about that a little bit. The key driver of the price volatility and consequential instability is the high level of buying and selling or the turnover. So sellers are trying to lock in a gain and minimize a loss and buyers are gambling that Bitcoin still has some price appreciation to it. So let's talk about what that means. There are a couple of articles out there where, you know, guys that are following this are saying, oh, it could drop 10 grand. So it's right now at 15,000 plus, And it could drop down to $5,000. Conversely, they're expecting it to go up to $60,000 next year. That's a big swing in price. And like any, I mean, it's a highly volatile stock. You've got to hit it just right to be able to make the gain. And then you got to sell the game at the game. So it's just very interesting. And we know that Ponzi schemes are built so that the early investors are getting the rates of return, and that's based on all the other investors who come in after them. And they're starting to think that some of this turnover is the powerful evidence that Bitcoin investors you know, seeking short-term gains rather than long-term gains, and it's making it look a little bit like a Ponzi scheme. So we'll have to stay tuned on that one. Right. And I... Well, I'd just like to recap as well. So you have this digital currency. Well, it, it all sort of sounds like hocus pocus magic or digging through the wilderness for gold if you're new to this. And so I just kind of want to recap. You have this digital currency that you can buy and sell, exchange online. You can mine for it, but if you're not trying to get your digital prospector's cap on, then you can also invest in this just like you can everything else. But what you're saying, Janine, is that it's volatile and you have to be careful. And so I, my next question is, how then should you approach a new, I mean, it's five, six, seven years at this point in the making, but it's still sort of an unproven commodity. So how, right. how do you invest in this going forward? How does something like this fit into your overall plan? Well, I think for most people, like I joke with folks, I only want to work with the money you want to keep. <laughs> so when you get into close to retirement, into retirement, speculation is probably not on the agenda or it really shouldn't be. Or if you want to dabble in this, then you could carve off five, ten thousand dollars maybe, and you can play speculation with that. 
but it really is speculation. So you're not going to rely on this to create some income stream. You're certainly not going to move a lot of money in this direction. And from what I've been reading, it sounds almost better. I mean, if you're an engineer or so inclined, maybe there are plenty of things on YouTube. Go learn how to mine it and become a miner. But here's the thing. Since it's not regulated, you can have Bitcoin stolen because they can hack. People will hack a server or they'll hack addresses. So, I mean, that's just another thing you have to watch out for. But for most people who are in retirement, this is not something you're going to do and until it becomes more stable. Right. I think that's one of the key takeaways here is that it's a really interesting new investing tool that's out there, but it is unproven. It is unregulated. And so you should only go into it with money that you're willing to lose, quite frankly. And right. to kind of to wrap up, I mean, are there situations that you would recommend this? To your clients? Highly unlikely. Okay. I mean, if somebody has, like I said, money they're willing to lose, that they're okay with speculating with, then that that's something to take a look at. Another question that I've, I've actually had folks ask is just on the taxable nature of any gain. So just as a real quick, the IRS has ruled bitcoins and other convertible virtual currencies are treated as property, not treated as currency. So that means you have capital gains or losses. So income is taxable, even if you're paid in virtual currency, your spending is really two transactions. You're disposing of a currency and you're spending the dollar equivalent. So the business transactions are subject to the normal rules for sales tax withholding and information reporting. And here's the key. If you're going to do this, you need to keep detailed records of transactions in virtual currency because you need to make sure that the income is measured accurately. If you don't keep good records, you may as well not keep any records at all. And so the IRS basically says it's virtual currency is a digital representation of a value that functions as a medium of exchange, a unit of account, or a store of value. So it does not have legal tender status in any jurisdiction. It has an equivalent value in real currency or it's an example of a virtual currency, and it can be traded. But you better keep good records because the taxation is a capital gain or a loss is considered. And if you're not keeping good records, they're going to hit you (laughs) for the maximum allowable. But like we've discussed, for most people, this is an entertaining thing to watch. (laughs) Because if you're not tech savvy, you probably don't want to play this game. Right. I think that's a that's a good way to kind of put a bow on the conversation, Janine. It's an interesting investment. It's a new investment. It's fun to see what it's doing. I mean, it's skyrocketed recently, but mm-hmm. it is unproven, and you have to be really careful anytime that you get into speculation, which is why we always talk about the importance on this podcast of a plan, putting a plan together that will not be speculation, that'll be putting your heart on dollars to work with a purpose for you that'll get you to and through retirement. And of course, Janine, you are always available to talk through some of those conversations with folks. You help people get these plans together. And if you'd like to sit down and talk with Janine and the team at Theus Wealth Advisors, all you got to do is pick up that phone and call 443-718-6311. That's 443-718-6311. 2018 is upon us. 
make sure that this is the year that you will be fully prepared for your retirement. One more time, that number, 443-718-6311. Janine, thank you as always for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. All right, we'll see you in 2018 for more Your Financial Mission.